0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The markets have been down and tried to come back up and then just got shook and rattled. I mean, it's down 600 as we speak. We had information earlier about how Cyber Monday missed by 1.4%. First time it's been down ever. But if you take a look at the month of November, sales were up. Were people just buying early for the holiday season? Or... Does the up not mean up and the down not mean down? And what is with this down 600 plus? Is this all because of Omicron? Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today. Let me bring in Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Let's try and break some of this down. We've got a couple of pieces going on here, and I think that some of them have nothing to do with something else. Let's start with what we're seeing in the markets right now. The Dow is down 646, as we're speaking right now. This wasn't the case earlier where the Dow futures were down. Uh, They were down 401. One moment, then they were down 250. The markets were down 250, and then the chairman uh, of the Fed, uh, Jerome Powell, starts talking, and everything went to hell. What happened? Ah, uh, we do, You got to go get them back because this is what how it broke down. What happened in this that you had the words from the from the Fed chair, and the next thing you know, the markets went crazy. Dr. Matt Will, University of Indianapolis economist. What what is the connection there?
1: Hey Tony, how are you? I'm sorry I got cut off there so I didn't hear your entire uh, intro. Well, um, the the intro is is a
0: simple one. The markets were already kind of down because the market seems worried about what the administration's going to do about omicron. Then the chairman of the Fed, Jerome Powell speaks and the markets go absolutely back crap nuts. What did Jerome Powell say and what's the issue?
1: Well, I think what's happening is is He's trying to downplay the risk, which I think is a right move on his part. So he's telling them that the Omicron variant is not going to pose a risk to the economy based on what the, um, the doctor in South Africa said when she had her interviews, a number of them on various networks saying that the symptoms are mild and that there is no reason for alarm. So I think he was just trying to uh, not placate but calm the market saying, don't worry about it, everything's going to be fine, you overreacted yesterday. But he said it in a very nice way. So the
0: overreaction was really what took place on, on Friday when they first heard of Omicron, and people were like, oh no, this might lead to more uh, lockdowns, more shutdowns, this variant uh, of COVID that was found in South Africa, some other African nations, and now we know it's in Canada and, and, and other spots. Uh, but the, the, there's one thing when the market's like, okay, what is this going to do to us? But why would the Fed chair trying to calm things down send markets in a further downward spiral?
1: I don't think he's trying to send the markets in a downward spiral necessarily. I think he's trying to set reality because markets factor in all variables, Tony, whether they're upside or downside. And he's just trying to paint a very sincere picture to the markets. And so that the markets will go to where they should go. I know that sounds a little uh, convoluted, but that's what he's really trying to do is get the markets to where they should be and try to put some reality into the picture.
0: I'm not saying no. I'm, I'm not arguing that. But he does this, putting reality into the picture, and the markets go down. That seems that if, if your objective is to calm things, that doesn't seem very calm.
1: No, no, it's not. And, and you know, he chooses words very carefully. Remember, this is a guy who su- submits uh, transcripts of what he says to people and with, with redlining to mark out what he's changed from his prior comments. So he's doing something very precise here. He's doing it on purpose. And I think he has an intent. Now, can you and I read his mind to his intent? I don't know. But I think he's trying to get the markets uh, at least a picture of reality.
0: Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. Now let's take a look at one of the the pieces of data today that I've already done videos about, which people can find on my Facebook page, Tony Katz Radio, and I've been talking about, which is the Cyber Monday numbers. The Cyber Monday numbers, uh, where of course people do their big online buying, is down 1.4%. But if you take, it's the first time it's been down ever, but if you take a look at November spending, that seems to be up about 11%. But what I cannot do a mathematics on is if the increase in spending is about people having more money and actually buying goods or that the price of goods went up so we're comparing dollars for dollars but they're not actually getting the same buying power for the
1: dollar. You know, Tony, you stole my thunder. That's exactly the point that people need to understand. There's inflation built into these prices. If you notice, there haven't been as many discounts this holiday season. I've been looking at this data for 20 years, and this is the first time, like you said, I've ever seen a decrease in online sales. And the sales that we do have are inflated, one. And two, Tony, the early season sales that we saw in early November were at the beginning of the supply chain PR crunch, before people knew about this massive problem with PR or with the supply chain. So they were buying things already because of this influx of cash they had. It was not holiday sales. We can't say that November sales are holiday sales, because a lot of these sales were not holiday-related, Tony. They were simply because people had a lot of cash and the benefits have, excess benefits have run out, so that cash is going to start to dwindle.
0: Now, let's – Play a little bit of devil's advocate there. Of course the spending is holiday spending. People actually started doing their buying much earlier because they worried about supply chain issues, and they didn't think their good or service would be there when they went to go buy it on Black Friday. So they did it in early November, as when uh, groups like Walmart and Target were already starting
1: their Black Friday sales. What's the counter? Okay, Tony, let me come out of left field here. Ignore the comparison to 2020. You can't do that because we had a, an anomalistic event we'll never see again, hopefully, in history. You have to compare this to 2019. And there is when you look at it, you're going to see that there's a 28% drop in Black Friday sales. And you got to look for the entire month of November. And you have to adjust for inflation. And when you adjust for inflation and you adjust for the entire month of November, two years ago – You're not going to see this increase that the the retailers are bragging about. And, Tony, it's important to point one thing out. The National Retail Federation and a lot of these trade groups do not represent economic information. They are proponents and cheerleaders for the retail industry. So they're going to give you false information. I've looked at this. For 20 years, the National Retail Federation has made positive forecasts. For 20 years, they've been wrong. Well, that's
0: a... That's a statement right there. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. So now let's get into something Joe Biden said. I'm going to share this with you. This was a, not his commentary just the other day. It's conversa- commentary uh, about a, a, a week ago. Uh, Joe Biden uh, talking about where where the economy is, about where things are 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 going, about you know how we we're, we're doing with economic growth. This was the president.
1: Even with the pandemic, we've generated a record job creation, a record economic growth in this country. Is he right or is he wrong? Well, he, he's right because of the V, Tony. When you take the economy to the, the depths of, of the bottom, there's going to be nothing to go but up. But it's not true. We have just now gone back to pre-pandemic levels. And if you look at the slope of GDP growth and you look at the slope of you know, job creation, that thing has plateaued. It is not going up at the same rate it was, and it's not exceeding the levels if we had been growing that we would have been at if it weren't for the pandemic two years ago. So his his statement is is very misleading the way he's crunching the data. I want to bring you back to Jerome
0: Powell, the Fed chair, because uh, Joe on Twitter is asking uh, this this question. One of the things that Powell has done, you talk about him trying to calm uh, the markets. He also has said uh, that tapering could wrap up a few months sooner than expected, and they're going to accelerate the timetable for lowering or eliminating the monthly bond purchases. Uh, give us a good definition of what of what this is, what tapering is, and how that could affect markets negatively.
1: Well, what he's trying to do is they've been pumping a lot of cash, Tony, and this is how he is fighting inflation. They've been causing inflation by buying treasury bills. That puts cash into the economy. When they slow down the purchasing of Treasury bills, that's taking money, cash, cash, out of the economy. So what that's going to do, he hopes, is to reduce inflation. And they very were precise, like I said earlier, redlining their statements, to say that they're going to begin to taper sooner than earlier. It means they fear inflation. They're not going to wait, Tony. They think inflation is bad and it's not going away soon. It's no longer transitory. So he's taking action now to try to tamp down inflation.
0: Are we now admitting this? Or are we now in the place where we're just, it was the Biden administration that wanted to tell you and Jens and everybody else that this inflation was transitory, meaning not permanent? That was their buzzword. That was their, 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 their thing. Um, and uh, even Powell said it's probably a due time to, 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 to retire the, the
1: word transitory.
0: So is the administration going to admit, no,
1: no, no, inflation's here to stay? Okay, well, there, there, that's a political question that you can answer, Tony. I can't answer that. I can just tell you that in October, the annualized inflation rate was 10.8%, highest in 31 years, 10.8% for that month. And we're going we're gonna to exceed 6% for the year. Is it here to stay? You know, Tony, let, let's see what happens next November, because it's inflation is a product of spending by the government and loose money by the Fed. The Fed has said they're going to slow their loose money. But I haven't heard the White House say anything about stopping the spending.
0: That is Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. Matt Will on Twitter. Dr. Matt Will, I should say. D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L. Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box. That's where you can find him, sir. Always a pleasure. I have got more coming up. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. There was this weird tweet that came across from Bernie Sanders. Of course it's weird. You know, commies have weird tweets. Just this year alone, 33 laws that make it harder for Americans to vote have been enacted. And and he lists the states. And one of the states is Indiana. I, I, I live in Indiana. What the hell is he talking about? What in the world is he talking about tony katz tony katz today it's good to be with you facebook tony katz radio the phone number 833 got tony 833-468-8669 that's how you get in touch i i don't know what he's talking about at all what was done in my state to make it more difficult they've got oklahoma on here what was what was done in oklahoma what was done in Georgia? Well, night. No, I know it was done in Georgia, but it didn't make voting harder. Not being able to hand out bottles of water while people wait online and forcing people to have an ID is not making voting harder. It's it's not. To say otherwise is a lie. But you know, it's Bernie Sanders commies lie. This is what they do. I have I have taken to to not even uh, considering. Some level of, of, of kindness for communists. All communists are terrible. Communists are murderers. Communists are awful. And, and uh, they should be treated that way. They should be treated as absolutely positively awful. Now, as, as we follow what's going on with, with, with Omicron, with, with this variant, and with the irrational nature uh, that people have towards it, it should be known that the CDC wants everyone to get a booster. They they have stepped up their booster recommendations uh, saying that all U.S. adults should get a COVID vaccine booster. It was that they, they can get it. Now they should get it. I got mine. So the question before us is at what moment will it become mandatory? When will businesses mandate it? Now we've seen the the mandates from the the biden administration have all been been ripped apart you have judge after judge after judge who has said sorry we we aren't going to go along with this no we're going to put a hold on this here there and everywhere i think these of course are are the right moves i don't want the government mandating anything right you've got a judge uh, that blocked biden on force uh of vaccinations of healthcare workers and i'm and i'm i'm a fan of this I believe in this. But what happens when the business owners, which, you know, uh, so we're clear, I don't think business owners are right to mandate vaccines. I, I'm simply saying that they have the right to do so. I'm not saying they're right to do so. I'm saying they have the right to do so. Does that, does that make sense? It's their business. Just in the same way that they can make their political donations the way they choose or, or speak uh, about policy the way they choose, they have the right to decide this. I just think that they're wrong. And I think those who have mandated vaccines are, of course, wrong and, and horribly, horribly misguided people who don't know anything, not only uh, about science, but really uh, should be questioned about what, the, what their end game is. Do they, do they sleep better at night because they manda- mandate a vaccine? It's a very weird thing to do. The the real question is, what happens when they start saying, okay, now we mandate the booster as well? I don't want them to do this. And maybe they realize they can't win that one. Because I think when they start mandating boosters, you're going to see uh, people say, well, this was this, this was fun by now. No, 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 I'll go somewhere else and get the gig. I'll do do something else. There are going to be plenty of jobs that that are open, and and that's it. I think that when they start mandating boosters, things are going to get real, real strange. And business owners, they are going to have to be cognizant of that because they're going to have to deal with the ramifications of their actions but right now a lot of people not dealing with the ramifications of their actions Chris Cuomo is one of them I will get into that story there is simply no rational reason that Chris Cuomo still has a job at CNN there's just no possible way I'll get to that story but as we've been talking about the economy It wasn't lost on me that yesterday Biden canceled his address on supply chains. He had met with CEOs. He had met with others. And, you know, he's all about how the supply chain's working. And then uh, decided not to give his remarks on the supply chain. And one rightfully would wonder why not. What did he learn in those meetings with CEOs that, well, keep him from, from doing this? I'm I I am making the argument. I am a, a, a believer that, of course, things are not as good as he would very much like for them to be. They are absolutely not as going as as smoothly as he would like for them to go. And this whole conversation about how the economy is in great shape isn't true once you get out of D.C. Midwest Main Street is telling a very very different story and the Midwest mainstream people who are certainly telling the story regarding what it is they're experiencing on the uh, from the supply chain. Businesses they cannot run. Businesses they cannot grow. How much more could they have sold in the month of November if they had the goods? If they had goods that they could sell one of the many questions that's out there. So maybe all of this caused him not to, you know, give a statement. Meanwhile, the White House is supposed to be giving a statement on COVID. If they do, I I will bring that to you. Let's see what kind of hysteria they're working on regarding uh, Omicron. And then there's Twitter. They have a new CEO and they've already instituted a new policy. I cannot understand it at all. You're going to have to help me through it. Keep it right here. Get ready to call in. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. house. They're supposed to have a press briefing all about COVID-19, which means it's going to be all about Omicron, which means Lord only knows what they're going to say. I honestly don't know what they are going to get into and what they're going to discuss. Not the slightest clue. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-468-8669-833-GOT-TONY is the number. If, if they start going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to absolutely bring it to you, because we got to hear the madness, and, and it's madness. Now, I want to bring you this. Twitter did something strange. And if you say to me, Tony, I'm not on Twitter, well, I'll say to you, it is how a lot of people communicate, and it's very obvious that Twitter doesn't want to share certain things. Twitter doesn't want you to be able to communicate in certain ways. This seems very obvious. So let me read to you what it is they put out. Sharing images is an important part of folks' experience on Twitter. People should have a choice in determining whether or not a photo is shared publicly. To that end, we are expanding the scope of our private information policy. Now, I cannot give you chapter in verse of of the private information policy. I can't do it. Beginning today, they write, we will not allow the sharing of private media such as images or videos of private individuals without their consent. Publishing people's private info is also prohibited under the policy, as is threatening or incentivizing others to do so. Well, okay, you don't want to... You're not engaged in doxing, but... But what is this about video and people's consent? What does that mean? And and what does it mean by private individual? So you start looking out at... at How people kind of address this, how they're 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 um, focused on it. So here's here's a question: How does one define private individual? Here's another question: Hunter Biden, public or private? If I have a photo of him doing crack, am I allowed to post it on Twitter? Is he public or is he private? Let's take it in a, in a, in a, in a different uh, direction. Project Veritas, which goes undercover. Are they public or are they private? When they're sharing this information, you mean it's not news? It's actually a private individual, and so therefore they can't be shown? So now you're keeping Project Veritas from being able to show what it is some of these people are doing in places like Twitter. Oh, this gets fascinating. Now, there's more to it. But they just started the COVID-19 press briefing with Dr. Rachel Walensky and Dr. Anthony Fauci. And then I I forget who's hosting the thing. So I want to take it to them. I want to hear what they have to say about COVID and response, uh, if if only because it's going to give us a good laugh. Uh, It's it's obvious that America has made a a, a decree. And America has said, we're good. People have gotten vaccinated will get vaccinated. Others will get vaccinated over time. We're not so sure about our kids getting vaccinated. We think you're fine being vaccinated. We think uh, you may be right or wrong getting not vaccinated, but it is up to you. Leave us alone. Yet the White House wants to still give us Dr. Fauci.
2: Omicron uh, variant. So if I could have the first slide, just to put it into some perspective, this is a list of the variants of concerns that we've had to deal with what their lineage designation is, and what the earliest documented samples were. And of course for today, we're going to be focusing on the latest, namely the Omicron variant that we're dealing with. Next slide. Let's take a look at some of the characteristics and what has emerged over the last several days to weeks. Quickly, it was first reported in Botswana on November the 11th and in South Africa on 11:14. The thing that got everyone's attention was the large number of mutations, around 50, much larger than previous variants, and some, according to the molecular configuration, were anticipated to impact transmissibility and antibody binding. There were varying cases that were rapidly increased, particularly in the Gauteng province of South Africa, which is Pretoria and Johannesburg, but it is also present in virtually all the other South African provinces. Confirmed cases, as of yesterday, was 205 in 18 countries. And just this morning, that's gone up to 226 in 20 countries. And I think you're gonna expect to see those numbers change rapidly. Importantly, it has not yet been detected in the United States. It has been called Omicron by the WHO, and it was named as the fifth of the SARS-CoV-2 variants of concern. Next slide. So let's take a look at the mutations. So, you've heard it now from many sources, but just to underscore, there's a very unusual constellation of changes across the SARS-CoV-2 genome, with greater than 30 of them in the important spike protein, which is the business end of the virus, particularly in its receptor binding domain, where there are about 10 mutations there. This mutational profile is very different from other variants of interest and concern. And although some mutations are also found in Delta, this is not Delta, it's something different. And these mutations have been associated with increased transmissibility and immune evasion, whereas other of the mutations have not yet been characterized as to their functional capability. Next slide. So let's take a look at what we're looking at, and then we'll get back to some of the properties. So the CDC, and you'll hear from Dr. Walensky, is implementing their surveillance program via the National SARS Strain Surveillance Program.
0: Now, I never mind a conversation about science. I don't need to worry about what the CDC is surveilling because I got to assume that uh, it's, it's all of us. <laughs> no, no, 2X Files? Um, we, we, we had heard of these things, and I don't mind when Fauci goes through the actual science of it. It has more mutations. They thought that those mutations would increase its transmissibility. They're not sure. Okay. Well, tell us when you know something. But it sure isn't a reason for us to engage full levels of panic. But so many people, so many people engaged full levels of panic right from the beginning. The first thing I heard about Omicron when it came out last week, it affects young people. It affects young people. How how do you know this? What would make you think you know this? Affects them how? They get it? Affects them how? They lose a sense of smell? Affects them how? They die in the streets in their mother's arms? How does it affect them? Well, there was no answer given for, for such... A thing, and they admit right now when they talk about disease severity, severity estimates are difficult given the small number of cases, two hundred twenty-six in twenty countries. And the preliminary info from South Africa suggests no unusual symptoms associated with the variant. As for vaccine effectiveness, they think that that reductions in in having a uh, issues are possible. But, you know, it's a variant, so who knows what it can, uh, can get through. They don't even know if it's more transmissible than Delta. They started with an explosion of fear. And once you get less than a week in, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a variant. We're not so sure. Take a breath. I was on uh, News Nation Now last night. And uh, while while I was on, uh, we were talking about people getting the vaccine, and and my point was, well, and, and and boosters. My 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 argument is that Omicron, Omicron, Omicron isn't isn't scaring people. People are not scared by the, this variant, and the, and they should not be. They should not be scared by the variant, and and I said as much in relationship to the idea of how Americans view things versus how people view things and the idea of living one's life. Americans don't uh, panic. That, that's different than whether or not people uh, panic. So the, the point there is that when you see the markets go down as they did and today, they're up 200, 300 points near that, uh, respectively between the Dow and, and the NASDAQ, they realize, okay, those initial reports are not things we should be responding to. People going to watch Mission uh, they want to see a win over Ohio State, and nothing was going to stop them from doing so. But I have to disagree with the doctor right there. I, I don't believe that what we've learned about Omicron it tells us that you should get a booster. It tells us that we know absolutely nothing. If the doctors in South Africa are telling us that the symptoms they've seen are less than Delta, less than COVID, extremely mild, and they don't even lose taste and smell, that's not something that's going to inspire people to go out and get a booster booster. <laughs> now, this was last night before I had any of the information that's coming out right now. Did I say anything wrong? There was a guy on before me who was a doctor who was saying that this, this shows you should get a booster. I'm like, And I said, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't show that you should get a booster. It doesn't show anything yet. We don't have information yet. Why are you telling people to get a booster? It doesn't tell them that. It just doesn't. I never realized what a scientist I actually am. The guy I was, quote-unquote, debating seems like a nice enough cat. Uh, I, I don't know if he believes what he believes or just takes a position or, or what have you. He's a radio host out of L.A., Mo Kelly. I, I don't know the dude. I just spoke a couple times. He got my name wrong even. Um, he said, well, I'm, I'm not going to be somebody who argues with a doctor. And that right there is the entirety of the problem. This, this absolute radical belief in expertise as opposed to the utilization of expertise to create better opportunities for ourselves. Just because a doctor says it doesn't mean that you do it. That's not how it works. Even doctors with expertise have been wrong, and they could be wrong for you. You get second opinions all the time. Yet somehow when it comes to COVID, you know you don't get a second opinion. You just do exactly what they say. Very weird, how quickly people will give up that 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 sense of not not only freedom, that sense of self. It's a very strange thing that happens, and it happened uh, while I was doing this show on on, on News Nation now with, with Joe Donlin, who seems like a, a a nice dude. Now Dr. Rachel Walensky is speaking there in the COVID briefing. Uh, let's hear her. We're the
3: Omicron variant right here in the United States. Right now, there is no evidence of Omicron in the United States. The Delta variant remains the predominant circulating strain, representing 99.9% of all sequences sampled. Throughout the pandemic, as noted above, CDC has continuously monitored variants and vastly expanded our capacity for genomic sequencing over the past nine months. We have received specimens from all 50 states, plus Guam, Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, and the District of Columbia. We're sequencing samples from these jurisdictions and from geographically diverse areas around the country, collaborating with state labs, academia, and industry partners. And our variant surveillance system has demonstrated we can reliably detect new variants from Alpha in the start of 2021 to Delta over this past summer. We are actively putting systems in place with local and state laboratories to make detection and sequencing even faster. As we have done throughout the pandemic, CDC is evaluating how to make international travel as safe as possible, including pre-departure testing closer to the time of flight and considerations around additional post-arrival testing and self-quarantine. Currently, CDC is expanding a surveillance program with Express Check to JFK, San Francisco, Newark, and Atlanta airports, four of the busiest international airports in the country. This program allows for increased COVID testing for specific international arrivals, increasing our capacity to identify those with COVID-19 on arrival to the United States, and enhancing our surveillance for the Omicron variant.
0: I don't mind them surveilling. I don't mind them doing their job. These are the things that we should want. These are the things we should want. We, we pay attention. Remember, the, the, the worst thing that has happened from COVID, we took a virus and we said, hey, how can we make it political? As opposed to handling the damn problem. That will always be the greatest failure. That will always be the biggest issue. That will be the thing that haunts us as a nation. That we no longer trust the institutions. We don't trust the institutions. This is the issue. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So we're fuzzy. That's what I hear. Basically, the Russians have come and they have tried to take our station from us. Uh, we're working them on the Western Front, as we often do. And then to the north, we're trying to uh, bribe them with chocolate candies. So the, the the question is whether or not we are actually on the air.
3: Drop an F-bomb is... and see if anyone says No,
0: anything. no, no, no. I'm going to follow the rules. As they were meant to be followed, not dropping an f bomb. My goodness, I think when when the when the time comes, like if I ever had to burn it all down, I still wouldn't do it. Like if if you knew like you were getting fired or something, would would, would you burn it all down? Would you would you go scorched earth?
3: No, I have because you know you have to live I with I
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't do that either. There's just there's no part of me that would that would go down that road. I just would never do it. I'd just be like, all right, thanks. Gotta go. Bye byes. Um, I just did that. That'd be it. But it's weird. It's weird uh, having having the, the signal down. Is there something you want to talk about while you have nobody listening to you there, uh, Ari? Nobody ever listens to me anyway, so it wouldn't be any different. That's true. Oh, look at that. We're back. Now now people are saying we are back on the air. Oh, they That's, missed the greatest three oh, minutes of radio ever. I did the best radio of my life just then. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I won four Marconis in the last 10 minutes. And we're never going to sh- post it or you'll never hear it again. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so we know we're having this weird, weird transmitter issue. And we don't know what it, it is at the moment. Uh, the team is on it. All I can do is uh, just, you know, continue to give you the greatest show. That's all. Look, we're, we're going to give you more. We're going to have more. Have no fear. I honestly don't know what what the issue is. The guys are on it. And when the guys are on it, I try and stay out of the way. So stick with us. In the next segment, I'll punch Ari in the face. Like, directly in the face. I mean, that could be good radio. This is Tony Katz today.